Hello, everyone. Today we are talking about unfinished art. If you want to nerd out about art, our prof has everything you need from tutorials to critiques to pro professional development. Clara, do you want to get us started? Yes, I've been thinking about this a lot because right now I have an absurd amount of unfinished work, more than usual. And I think we have to realize this is just part of being an artist. It's inevitable. Do you have a lot of unfinished art, Mia? Yeah, I have an entire box of it um, that I just kind of add more to. I never work through it, and I always say I'm going to, but I just add to the pile, and it's behind my dresser, so I don't have to look at it. <laughs> Kat, do you have a secret stash of unfinished art? I actually do, and they are from years past, but upon reflection, I think that in the past year or two years, I don't have as many unfinished artworks because every time I do draw, it's usually for a client or for a deadline that I'm forced to finish. And I kind of miss all the unfinished artwork because when you do that kind of thing, it's sort of the breeding grounds for an idea later on. And so I think I need to get back into it. It's definitely a balance. I like the excitement of, ooh, I have so many projects. I have such a lively studio practice. But some days I look at the list of tutorials that I have shot, but haven't even begun to edit. And sometimes it messes with you. Mia, do you ever find yourself feeling stressed that, oh, I never finished anything? Yeah, I mean, I think whenever anything piles up, it's going to cause stress, even if it's something that excites you at one point in time, because that's kind of how I find myself with an immense amount of works in progress or unfinished art is that it's whatever it's, it excites me in that moment. And then I might not be excited about it the next day. So then it goes into the pile and it's a repetitive process, which is always going to be stressful. There's also an ebb and flow because I don't have clients that I make work for, but Kat, you're working on a graphic novel that's going to be published. And I imagine that totally rearranged your workflow. It does. And it kind of begs the question of how do you invite creativity and what is the correct environment for creativity? And it depends on time and circumstance and who you are. In my case, I have my editor and my agent breathing down my back saying, hey, finish this right now. And so it's my obligation to other people that I finish things. But for other people, it could be that they need more space, that they need people not breathing down their back. They need the time for themselves to make art and finish art. W315 says the trick is to not mind if you don't finish it. You still gain practice and demand and learned, and it can be inspiration for later. There's too much emphasis, especially online, Mia, I think about finished masterpiece. Oh, it's impeccable. We see too much of that, in my opinion, on social media. And I know a lot of people, for various reasons, maybe don't want to show the works in progress. But the thing is, it, it's not really an accurate view. Do you think so, Mia, of being an artist? I mean, no, I think that now, especially on Instagram and social media, it's a very curated body of work on all of these big art accounts that you see. So it's people who post really glamorous, glorious works, and you're sitting there like 
my sketchbook is a dumpster fire compared to this. What do I do? And so I think that um, we talk about it all the time, the ugly sketchbooks and encouraging that. So I think it's just a shift in mindset that has to happen there. Because really everybody, it's okay to not finish. That pressure on social media makes it hard for people to feel this way. And Kat, I think oftentimes a lot of it is guilt that we didn't finish. I definitely feel a lot of guilt about unfinished work myself. But as Mia very rightly pointed out, it's totally just a shift of mindset that needs to happen. Are you okay with coming face to face with all of these works that you began but did not finish? Is there an obligation to show this to anybody? No, there shouldn't be. It's really just in the benefit for yourself that you create all of these bodies of work, even if you don't finish them. They're really for you. They're not for anyone else. Anna's asking, what do you mean by unfinished? Art in process or art that you've given up on or stashed away? Pretty much all of it. Because I think as an artist, we do see that as the end goal. I'm a painter. I'm going to finish these paintings. And where they go beyond that depends on the artist, whether it's in a gallery or you're selling it or something like that. But people do see that as the end goal. It's like a musician who finishes their album that gets released. Because as Ginger says, lost it. <laughs> Here it is. <laughs> Finishing things feels so nice, though. Do you agree, Mia? Oh, my gosh. Yeah. I, I can't even put it into words. <laughs> it's satisfying. Seven Angelic says, I guess when I don't finish, it feels like failure, but I suppose the healthier approach would be to think of it as practice. So Kat, is this just a matter of our thinking about it? Because we're going to just make art, duh, of course. But mm -hmm. sometimes it's just, you got to change your thinking about it so you don't feel guilty. Yeah, I think guilt here and perhaps shame itself is something that you need to learn to get over and instead look at the potential of everything rather than saying, oh, this was such a dead end and a waste of my time, shift your mindset and think, oh, this was the beginning of something that can either eventually become a finished product or it can inform the next project I do. So it's all about thinking about the future and what you did currently will always catapult you forward rather than set you back. Carolyn says, I have a ton of failed art, a lot of art that wasn't supposed to be finished. It was just playing around. I don't have a lot of projects, art just unfinished. If things are working, I keep going. Mia, do you ever go into a piece before you even start it thinking to yourself, it's just practice. I'm not going to finish it. Or is it more open-ended for you? I wish that I could. I think that's going back to the shift in mindset. I think that I have an unhealthy way of looking at making art because whenever I go into something, I say to myself, okay, this has to amount to something. This has to, uh, like Kat said, like catapult me forward in some way. And so when it falls flat maybe, and it, it's just serving me as practice, I have trouble accepting that and finding the value in it. When I know that there definitely is value in it. I think that's just my problem. <laughs> I feel like I should do that more because I find when I have remembered to tell myself, you're not going to finish this, whatever. It's a certain feeling of liberation that you have taken away that pressure. I think the only time 
when I'm always in that mindset is when I draw on site. Because when you draw on site, it starts raining or you eat the egg custard that <laughs> you're drawing. Kat, do you think it is helpful to be more deliberate about your thinking? I think it, again, depends on who you are. Apparently, Clara, for you, it helps. But for Mia, there's another totally different mindset that's going on. So if you do enough work, you will find a routine that works for you. And so inevitably, when you do a body of work, you will have unfinished pieces. See how you feel then. And then see what potential you get from those unfinished works and apply them to future pieces. This is definitely the case for me. Tell us in the chat if it is for you. Most of the artwork we make doesn't get finished. That's the case for me because I have more fun starting things than I do finishing them. I have this one drawing is sitting on my dining room table and I'm so close. Like it's probably an hour from being done and I just can't get myself to do it because it's not as fun as the beginning part where I'm all busy and doing all these different things. Mia, for you, do you think most of your work isn't finished or is it different for you? I think so. I think that I kind of work in cycles where I'll finish one thing and then immediately I have to jump to something else that I'm going to finish in my brain. I'll say that. And then I'll go through 20 different project ideas and sketch and start them and then lose interest until I've, until one finally sticks. So I think that it's definitely like kind of throwing spaghetti at the wall until something works out, which can be very frustrating. <laughs> Absolutely. Jane says, I finished two yesterday that I've been working on on and off for a couple months. Felt great. Sat down to work on an old one today and it just wasn't inspiring me. So I started a new one. No guilt. Well, that's the other thing is our excitement about artworks. It fluctuates. I mean, Kat, are you excited to work on a piece 100% beginning to end? <laughs> No, oh my gosh, it's really an ebb and flow. And I really liked what Mia said about cycles because rather than a cycle, there is a part where I get a little bit manic and I say, oh my gosh, I'm in the zone. I need to complete as much as I can while I'm in the zone. And so I finish pieces, I start a whole bunch and then the other end of the cycle is I'm not in the zone anymore. Can't work on this for now. I gotta wait for me to be back in the zone. So cyclical. I really agree with that statement. Paula says, yeah, I hate having unfinished pieces, although it still happens. There's something to be said about taking a project to the end, regardless of who sees it or if it's just for practice. I equate it to really expanding your stamina as an artist, because Mia, I'm going to guess that when you were in high school, you probably did not spend as much time preparing and drawing and all that stuff that's involved in high school versus now you're running a much longer race. Yeah. I mean, I know in high school, I didn't, I didn't know the, like what it mean, what it meant to be an artist, really. I kind of was like, oh, this picture on Pinterest is cool. Let me draw it exactly how it is. And then I was like, oh, this is fun. So I learned more. And now I understand that conceptualizing a piece takes probably the same amount, if not more energy as finishing 
the piece and actually working on it. So it's way more complicated than just drawing in one sitting. It takes planning and execution and everything in between. So it's a lot. Tiener says, not every piece is that serious either. If it's not finished, then what did you take from it? So Kat, when you've been in that situation, what are some of the advantages of just the process? Figuring out what didn't work and then not doing that in the future. I'm trying to think of an example. I think, or at least, for instance, I was making a comic work that was just so huge. It was going to be a saga. I was very into it at first. But then as I was working on it, I realized my skills right now don't match up to the vision I have for this story. And so what I realized then is I need more practice and I need to do something else and gain a little bit more experience before I actually approach this enormous project. So what I learned from that was start smaller. And so next time I can finish that smaller piece and eventually get back to the large saga and hopefully learn all the tools I need to finish the saga. And I do believe, Mia, there is something to be said about biting off more than you can chew to the point where the process is really unpleasant. Yeah, I mean, I completely agree with what Kat just said. I think that I'm kind of the same way where I think about something really grand and huge. And then I don't understand that that will take someone of a much more uh, expansive skill set than the one I actually have right now. And then when I inevitably fail or can't live up to that, I feel horrible about myself and it's discouraging. So I think just being kind to yourself and looking at your skills and asking yourself what's reasonable and realistic. I love Lisa's take. Since I don't have a set definition of finished, I feel all my work is finished. When I stop, it's finished. The viewer may think otherwise. <laughs> I think that's fantastic because I really think more than half of being an artist is a mindset challenge because we can do things with our hands physically, but so much of it is in our head. And I find myself bothering myself about a lot of things that really in the scheme of things don't matter that much. And I think, Kat, there is something about just being in that moment. You're there with the paper. You're putting marks down. That is so wonderful. I love it. It's very freeing because you're not barred down by any sort of inhibition, whether it be mental or physical or anything, or skill level. When you're there, it's sort of a way to just freely express. A lot of honestly teaching is just telling people that they can do the thing, even if, even if they think they can't. Just say, yes, you can, just find a way to do it. And it really is, in the end, a mindset thing. This is so much the case for me. W315 says, it always starts with, do I put it in a sketchbook or a nice paper? There's more pressure when using, quote, good paper. Mia, have you ever splurged on a sort of expensive art supply and then you're afraid to use it? <laughs> yeah, I mean, it sits, I have a whole shelf full of nice art materials that I have not touched because I'm like, it's not, I'm not worthy. None of my ideas are worthy yet. And so that's why I 
run through sketchbooks so fast is because I put everything down. And I actually come up with things I love in my sketchbooks that I look back and I'm like, that could be on nice paper. What am I doing? What am I thinking? So yeah. Oh my God. <laughs> Ginger says, I feel like sometimes I need a break from pieces. I have to come back to a project a year later. They turned out so much better than if I just rushed and finished it. Kat, there's too much in my opinion online is you have to draw every day. And if you don't, you're a failure. It's all hyperbole. And I'm always very suspicious mm -hmm. when people make such sweeping generalizations about things. And you don't have to work on an artwork every day until it's finished. I rarely do that. I have such a haphazard way of working. Sometimes it's literally six months. Other times it's, mm -hmm. oh, I have to work on it all day for three days straight. And then I collapse. <laughs> Well, I think another huge trend, which we always see online, is just instant gratification. This methodology of anything you have to do, it has to be finished, complete, and instant. You got to send it out, and it will be consumed by other people instantly. I think saying draw every day is a, not a necessarily instant gratification methodology, but a very easy thing to say. Just draw every day. But it's really not as simple as that. The whole artistic process, it really depends on who you are. And sometimes it takes a lot of patience, which is the antithesis of instant gratification. It's hard to be patient. I'm one of the least patient people on the planet. But yeah, Mia, what I like about making work is I almost feel sometimes it slows me down. It takes me out of the real world it's like i enter this time warp where all of a sudden time doesn't make any sense it's just me and my art i love that yeah i mean i i think that i know that i'm in the flow of creating and that it's really working when i'm not hearing those voices of like does this matter uh, whatever whatever like you know all of the kind of anxieties that come along with being an artist when i'm working on something and that's all blocked out I know that I'm in the zone and really like focusing on what I'm making. And I think that that's a really good green flag when it comes to creating work. And you know something? Sometimes it can actually be a waste of time to finish the artwork. Now, this feels like it makes no sense. But Kat, why can it be sometimes be a waste of time to follow all the way through? Because there is a better lesson to be learned by not doing that at times. It's sort of like you have a problem and you can either be a bull and just rage through a wall to get to the solution, which is, I think, uh, how I would see obligation to finish an artwork. Or you can be somebody who is a little bit more savvy in finding the way to finish uh, a work or to move forward in order to reach that goal. So you don't have to be like a bull raging through a wall to get to the finish line. Sometimes you need to find another path there. I really do think, Mia, I've had pieces where I say to myself, okay, this is such a waste because I know this piece is not getting better because there's something fundamental about it that I can't fix at this stage. At that point, I might as well just start a new piece. For example, I have learned my lesson with sculpture times in the past where I wasn't very good at making armatures and the armature was loose and it kept moving while I was trying to sculpt. 
I mean, at that point, why would I keep going? Because it's inherently flawed. Have you had pieces like that, Mia, where you, you just could see the car crash coming? Yeah, I mean, I think it's all about the foundation of it. If you're going to build a whole castle on a rocky foundation, it's going to collapse and it's going to fall apart. And I find when I was in school, I would have to, I would be required to finish artwork at multiple pieces every week that I would not otherwise be excited or passionate about. And I would force myself through it to finish yada yada and then it would just fall flat and i would hate the piece even if it was done so i mean i it going back i would not work on those pieces anymore i would give up so fast tiner thank you so much for the super chat who says art prof is such a good community you guys rule we so much appreciate your support everybody keep those super chats and stickers coming during the live stream Every little bit is incredibly important to us, especially because our Patreon just took a total nosedive in the past two months. So any amount you can contribute is fantastic. Carolyn's asking, so are all the sketches and studies before you do big piece considered, quote, unfinished? Kat, what's your take on that? You can call them that. <laughs> I would just say that they are sketches and behind the scenes work. I would consider them unfinished, but they're all leading towards a finished product. And you know, that unfinished work is necessary. That's kind of also how I see storyboarding. It's a draft before the actual final film or animation or whatever. You really need those drafts. So yeah, unfinished, but necessary. I like this. Lisa says, if you forgot a key ingredient and a baked cake, why would you ice the cake? Oh my gosh. One time I made chicken pot pie and I accidentally put in double the amount of butter because I apparently don't know how to read. I was like, oh my gosh, this is going to be horrible. I'm just going to pitch this. There's no point in me adding all the other ingredients. So some things really are just headed for a total disaster. And that's okay. Because Mia, we're going to mess up. Yeah. And out of all of those failed attempts, there are going to be successes. I think that's something that you have to keep in mind is that when you're laying in bed after a failure, just... I mean, it's hard to just say this, but you could think about the excitement of successes to come and like what it's all leading up to. And it's it's nice to, I don't know, conceptualize that, but it's harder in practice to keep that in mind. This is definitely me. I really cannot work on one piece at a time because inevitably that piece frustrates me. And if I have nothing else to bounce to, I just get mad. And so typically I will have at least bare minimum two pieces that I'm bouncing back and forth between. Why do you think that's an advantage, Kat, to not just laser focus on one artwork? It depends on how you work. But for me personally, I agree with you, Clara. I like to bounce around between projects. And again, for me, I feel that if I focus on one project, it would suffocate. I would be like a helicopter mom directing everything and inevitably that's not the right way to raise a piece to parent a piece to create a piece and so for me I need another piece to bounce off of so I don't just suffocate something and overprotect it overwork it etc 
Mia, do you have multiple projects going at the same time? I have about 500 projects going at the same time because I work in series. I think I've discovered that about myself is that I work in small, you know, bursts of energy across a lot of small different areas. And I found a cool little loophole where I have one big theme or story or project and then I create so many little pieces of the project at the same time. So it still feels really cumulative to me. But in practice, it's a lot of little different things. So it keeps it really exciting. It keeps me passionate about the project, which is cool. Speaking of being excited, it is such a bummer to work on an artwork that feels like a drag. And I'm not saying you always have to be excited, but you have to feel like this is fun. And Kat, have you worked on pieces where it's just painful? <laughs> Oh yeah. And those are valuable too, because I learned what I didn't like. <laughs> I wouldn't apply that to my future projects. But another thing is that you really do need the drive to finish stuff. And so if you're not excited about it, that's like the opposite of drive. How are you going to finish this artwork if you don't have something inside you driving you forward for it? Just at that point, move on to another piece. Now, Mia, you abandoned this rug, and it's a pretty large rug. Why did you choose to leave it? Because when I was working on it, I felt like that expression on that drawing. <laughs> I had this in the corner of my room, and I bought all this yarn for it. It was going to be like a midsummer rug, which is a movie I'm obsessed with. And I was like, but this was right after I started working on rugs. So it was way too ambitious of a piece for me. I couldn't even figure out where to start. And I just gave up. And since then, I've been able to do manageable rugs and kind of develop my skills. So maybe I can go back and do something like this in the future. But yeah, it was it was not good waking up every day and seeing this in the corner of my room. <laughs> <laughs> Sometimes I start pieces on a live stream and I'm really excited about them in the moment because I'm on the live stream. I don't really have a choice but to do that. And this is a soft pastel drawing of a table setting that the bread fairy made, my mother-in-law. And I always wanted to come back to it. And I totally had plans over the break. You're going to do this. Clara, it's going to be so easy. You can just pick up from where you left off. The hard part is the story. I never did it. I just... It's still on the same shelf, but that's just the way it is. And you know something? This is a case where I officially did say this is finished, but then decided, I don't know, six years later, I think I'm going to work on this again. And so, Kat, sometimes it's years. Again, it's a game of patience. And it's really frustrating when you don't know where or when the end goal will come. But again, it's a feeling that you have to have inherent to yourself. It's a mindset thing, thinking, I believe something will come from this. I know something will come from this. I just don't know what or when. Ginger is asking, should we throw out our unfinished work? I feel like sometimes my old projects stare at me. <laughs> have you ever tossed unfinished work, Mia? Oh, yeah. And I know people are screaming at me like the viewers because i'll post about that on social media and they'll be like oh you could have just painted up like whatever like it's very 
I don't know. But for me, it's like an omen or something. Some pieces I think are a good reminder of, I think some pieces are worth keeping, but the pieces that are providing nothing but pain and, and, and bad vibes into your life, I say get rid of them. It will feel cathartic to get rid of it. So I think it's a very case by case situation, but I'm all for one for throwing them away. <laughs> I think I'd keep it because again, I want the option to come back. The times I have thrown artwork away is because just logistically there was no room for any of it. So I've definitely cleared house, but it's usually pieces where it's some crappy gesture drawing I did. It's nothing that really exciting. Kat, do you toss out your work ever? I do. And I agree with both sides. Sometimes it's an omen and you want to get rid of it and feel like you just did some spring cleaning on your art inventory. But on the other hand, logistically, it's not possible for me to keep every single piece I make. It's kind of like when your kid makes a whole bunch of artwork, of course you're gonna keep the good ones, but you can't possibly keep all of it. <laughs> Logistically not possible. <laughs> well, I like that Sunflower is bringing up sketchbooks. They are saying I have two sketchbooks, one for sketches, another for finished pieces. I don't like having loose papers everywhere. So a sketchbook helps to keep it all together. Again, we have those YouTube videos I made my CalArts sketchbook in three hours and it's a thousand pages. It's all this hyperbole. And a sketchbook to me, that's not where I do anything finished. That's the only place where I think it's guaranteed I won't finish. But Mia, you have beautiful finished pieces in your sketchbook. There's no right way to do it. Yeah, I mean, I think that I have so many kind of fleshed out pieces in my sketchbook because I feel like until I'm ready to share it, it's literally closed up and sealed off to the world. So I can make a lot of unfinished pieces and then work on them a little bit at a time when I feel comfortable. And it also, like we said before, it takes the pressure off when you're working in a sketchbook versus a big piece of paper. So that's just how I work. That's what I like, um, but everyone's different. The process and the experience, they are just as critical as when you, finish something. Because when you're thinking, I need to finish this, that can sometimes be a limitation. Kat, do you think that's the case? I agree, because it really narrows down your goal to being, I just want to finish this. Whereas if you were open to abandoning it and starting a new piece, or putting it away, considering going back to it later, that just opens you up for so many more opportunities. And so it's all about, don't be close-minded about this. Don't just say, I will finish this no matter what. Be open to new possibilities. I like what Janice is saying. Sometimes you've got to let something sit for however long. You come up with brand new, even better ideas. There is what I like to call the marination period. If you marinate a piece of chicken for 20 minutes, it's probably not going to be that flavorful. Have you found, Mia, that you engage on a deeper level when you have that marination period? Oh, yeah. I mean, I think uh, Kat made a good point earlier when uh, we were talking about working cycles and feeling manic a little bit when like coming up with ideas. And I think that 
I, when I have an idea I really like, um, it's normally like happens at four in the morning for some reason. And I'll sit in my bed and I'll be like, somehow I have to do all of this right now or else I'm never gonna like have this same spur of like spurt of emotion again. But I think that if the idea is really meant to be, the longer you think about it and sit with it, the more it will come together and kind of be fleshed out and thorough. So I totally find that, yeah. Pat says, I'm suffocating under loose pages of children's art. It's nice to toss a couple from time to time. Jane as well, watch me try to keep all my daughter's work. I actually have stacks of sketchbooks because yeah, I got so tired of the random pieces of paper all around my house. And my personal sketchbooks from when I was a child, they're some of my most precious items, being able to look back on that picture of I don't know Voltron <laughs> that I did when I was in third grade so there is something to be said about having that almost historical record of who you are as an artist and that is largely all process stuff here's a great solution Anna says I give my work away mostly sculptures because they take up too much space I'll leave them in various places in New York with a sign to take and tag me on Instagram. That's quote, the price. Yeah, artist trades are fantastic. Have you ever done that, Mia? No, but that's such a good idea. I really love that. I don't live in New York, but I'm sure that I would probably have a lot more uh, opportunity for that if I did. But that's amazing. I love that so much, Anna, because sometimes I get bummed out, Kat, when I make something, I'm like, where is this going? It's going into a closet. This is really depressing. <laughs> so actually, when I've gone to figure drawing, I go once a week usually. I finish the piece and I'll document it, maybe make a short from it. And I started giving them to the models because where is this going? Mm. It's going in a pile somewhere. And the models love it because that doesn't happen very often. And I think to myself, where well, there are going to be people that appreciate it because it's them. And I, I like that experience. It feels really good. Kat, do you ever do that? I think I have done that. I can't think of a very specific life-changing moment where that's happened, but definitely doing a little doodle and then giving it off to somebody else where it will have a better, more vibrant life because that person actually appreciates it. Whereas me, I have stacks of artwork that's just going to keep piling up. It's just again, finding potential, finding opportunity for where can this piece live? Maybe not in my hands. Here you go. Mia, I really do believe that finishing artwork is a skill in itself. Why do you think that's the case? It doesn't sound that hard. Oh, you just finish it. But no, it's a skill. Well, yeah. I mean, I think that also every Every artist, I think I've heard this so many different areas of my life is where artists will say, I know that I kind of became an artist when I had an image in my head of what I wanted the final product to be. And I did it and I made it. And it's just how or not just, but it's how I wanted it to end up. And I think that that is such a crazy accomplishment is when you have an idea and you do all of the planning and you build and build and build until you finally sit back and you feel satisfied with something. And so I think it's easy to quote unquote finish art when you're just rushing through it and pumping out pieces. But if it's not what you're setting out to do, then you're, you're not going to have that same level of satisfaction. 
Kat, when I taught freshman drawing at RISD, that was absolutely at the top of my priority list was to teach students how to finish a piece. And it was hard. It usually was at the earliest midterm that I really felt they had grasped that. I know you're teaching at RISD now, Kat. Have you found that a lot of students don't finish pieces or maybe think they're finished, but they're not even close? I think it's more the concept of teaching them what is finished work. For high school students, a lot of the times they make an artwork because they're excited and they want to do it, but they are new to it. So they don't know all the opportunities that one image can lead them to, such as maybe put a background, <laughs> maybe don't have it on a white blank space, because that was not an option that they were even thinking about. And so it's providing all of these options and saying, listen, once you pursue multiple of these, then we think, I think you can call it finished. For me, teaching Irisi is pretty similar. It's very basic options like light and shadow, a background, texture, what extra step you can put in to truly make a finished piece feel finished. Sonnet says, what about artwork that is so old you've grown out of it like you're not that person anymore? So Mia, let's think about something that you did in 10th grade in high school and you don't even recognize yourself. I mean, <laughs> I might not be the best person to ask because when, oh God, like a few years ago when we were moving out of my parents' house, I found a bunch of newsprint um you know, pads full of crazy practices and things that were just the worst thing I've ever seen. Lots of like angst, like teenage angst, the most uh. embarrassing thing. And I burned it in the backyard. <laughs> so I think, but now I would say that there's something really precious about old art. Like I don't recommend doing that. I don't know what I was thinking. I was like in a mood or something. I was like, this has to go. This can no longer exist in the world. <laughs> so I would recommend just keeping it and maybe putting it in your attic or something instead. <laughs> the thing is though, I sometimes love unfinished work. Sometimes there's a raw immediacy Kat, I love this gesture drawing. How long did you spend on it? Probably maximum four minutes, maybe maybe less even, because I was live drawing kids interacting with this new advanced technology toy, whatever. Kids move fast, so I had to scribble them really, really fast as well. And Mio, why is this exciting as such a quick piece as opposed to say an oil painting you labor over for 30 hours i mean i'm i've always been a fan of kind of fast loose drawings versus like tedious um oil paintings and things like that because you can see life in it and i think that you can see where you're putting down that first mark and then saying oh no 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 and then going back and replacing it and i think that you can really see what the artist was thinking in that moment so I think that's really exciting and precious. Um, yeah. Carolyn's asking, is that unfinished or just a style? Well, there's certainly such a fine line. And style, I think, is oftentimes very difficult to define. But I guess what I like about a lot of these pieces is that they feel like fragments, little traces 
of an artist work like this watercolor Mia that you didn't add the background but one of my favorite parts of this painting is the neck dissolving the hair pushing downwards and the freshness of the strokes I so often work on a watercolor and always wish I had stopped about two hours ago and so there is such a thing Kat as overworking a piece Absolutely. Again, suffocating a piece. And something important is to know when to stop. And you'll know when to stop if you do it a lot. <laughs> because ultimately, it's going to be instinct that you know when to stop. We are doing registration, everybody, for our upcoming workshops in February. We are going to be offering figure drawing focusing on proportions fantasy illustration, working with mushrooms, learning how to transform reference photos into illustrations, and also portraits focusing on expressionistic color. Our workshops are one day, three hours at a time, $60 with me, and registration is due this Friday. I'm already getting a lot of registration, so if you want to get a spot, I would do that sooner rather than later. This Google slideshow is available. The link is in the YouTube video description below. Please join Mia and I. We will be in the Discord in post live streams stage. And this is where you get to talk to us on voice. And I love hearing your voices. We chat about everything. Join us if you are free. There are many ways you can support ArtProf. You can purchase one of our services, Artist Calls, Portfolio Critiques, and this is brand new, Personal Art Curriculums, which I am so excited about. You can sponsor a video. We have a wish list. You can propose a video. These four videos happened because people in our community sponsored them. This is where we can do the really fun, obscure stuff, so that way we can serve our audience better. I love Pickle the Pug, who sponsored this Styrofoam Cup live stream. You get all these perks on Patreon. You get exclusive content, access to the Patreon channels in the Discord. You get to interact with me. You get to interact with more staff, weekly voice sessions. Thank you to all of you, those of you who stuck with us, because like I said, we took a nosedive. I mean, we were at 3800 for a long time. This is $400 of a difference. And for us, that that's a big deal. It's it's not $50, it's $400 that we're working with less each month. So take a look at that. Visit artprof.org. There is tons of content on there that is not available on YouTube. Use the search bar. Artprof has a podcast. It's available on Spotify and also on iTunes. Subscribe to our channel for more art tutorials, critiques, and business tips. Everybody, thank you so much for watching. We'll see you next time. Bye.